Welcome to the Words of Heart podcast. In this episode, we dive into a topic or story pertaining to mental health. This episode is accompanied with video and audio. However you choose to listen to this episode, sit back, relax, open your hearts and minds. So without further ado, let's get into the episode. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Words of Art podcast. I am your host, Dion Sanchez, and joining me this evening is Art Widmore. Thank you for joining me today, Art. Thank you so much for having me on the show. It's a real pleasure. Thank, Thank you. you. And before we um get started, um, can you explain your name? Because it's really unique. It's just art. Like, is there a story behind the name? Well, actually, it's Arthur, but the, oh. the only person in my life that was ever allowed to call me Arthur was my mother. And it was always in a tone that you knew that if I didn't run fast, I was in real trouble. So over my life, it's just always been art. I, I use it legally as Arthur because I have to, but it just stands. Yeah, it's just Arthur. But art is so much easier. It lends itself for a few jokes. Like if I left my arms and legs on your living room floor, what would you call me? Pieces of art. So, you know, I have different things I can share. So <laughs> okay, I was just curious. But well, thanks for asking. Yeah, no problem. a lot of people have trouble spelling it, by the way. I said, my name is Art. And they go, how do you spell that? Because they don't expect to hear that name. So, <laughs> okay. So Art, <laughs> if you could tell my audience a bit about yourself, that would be great. Oh, perfect. Well, thank you so much for asking. Again, thanks for having me on your show. I'm actually a simple kid from a small town in Indiana that's had a great life with a few challenges. Um, uh, Vietnam War was going on after high school, so I ended up uh, serving the country and then ended up teaching uh, some uh, in academia for a while, ended up owning some business. But along the way, I also picked up the habit of drinking, like a lot of people. And I found myself um, basically uh, getting my last rites in a hospital where I had bled out from what they call esophageal varices. And I recovered, um, 
at my 60th birthday. So I took a sip of one drink and I started drinking again because that one sip rule definitely applies. And uh, I decided to finally quit and commit myself. And that was 11 years ago. Actually, today is my 11th year anniversary exactly, August 21st. So wow. today's the perfect, um, perfect anniversary day. So, um, <laughs> and I, I decided that uh, I was so blessed to live that I wrote two books and uh, go around the country in different uh, venues, reading out of my books. They're both written in poetry. They're both about addiction and recovery. They're both about hope and inspiration. They're good for any type of addict, but they're also good for non-addicts. They're ins inspirational and, and they guide and teach people things at the same time. So I've been blessed um, to be able to, um, to share what I feel like um, is a reward for my extra time on this earth. And the most I, I can get out of that is to give back and give back as, as much as I can. So I read my poetry, at, even at coffee shops, I get invited. I'm setting up a program for high schools. I do a lot of VA stuff. Um, so I just, I just pass this word forward that, hey, everybody can have a drinking problem. Everybody can work on getting it fixed. But if you're serious about it, I've got some, some ways that I tried and maybe it'll work for you. Awesome. And I read the excerpt of the sample you sent me and I got chills because it's just so profound and deep and truly struck me to the core because I'm also a poet, but my family does have a history of addiction as well. So I sort of understand the emotional depth behind the words a lot more than probably other people might. And I just am blown away about your profound words and the power behind them. Plus I'm also a poet. So <laughs> we have a lot that, in common. <laughs> there's that as well. Um, well, I think the, I think you're making a good point about profound and poetry. Um, I had a choice on how I'd like to write my books and I tried journalism. I tried standard prose. It just wasn't, I wasn't getting my message across and most alcoholic uh, addiction books and recovery books are written in uh, heavy medical terms. And they, they offer you 10 different explanations for one item. And I decided that if I used poetry, um, I went back and remembered Mary had a little lamb, her fleece was white as snow. And I could say that to a large audience of even young kids and they still know that verse. They're still being taught it and we remember it. And I'm in my seventies and I remember it. Um, and so I thought if I use poetry, if, if someone who needed help or was looking for discovery, um, if they read a verse or a line or a whole poem that inspired them, there's something that they could live back and reach back into their life and say, hey, it's like a song, it's a lyric, it's something I can relate to. Then as a human being on this earth, I've, I've done the best I can. And poetry is an excellent uh, a vehicle in which to express deep uh, sensation. I'm not sure which poem, I sent you two poems. I'm guessing it was The Devil Inside Me. Yes, I believe it was that one, yes. Would you like for me to share a little bit with the audience? Yes, please. I just happen to have it. It's one of the, my most requested poems, by the way, any place that I read. Um, so I won't read the whole poem, but I'll read just a portion of it to, to give the audience an idea on why you might have been inspired and why I wrote it at the same time. Then we can talk about it in more detail if you like. Okay. Called The Devil Inside Me by Art Wedmore. Hello, let me get my glasses on or we're going to be in trouble. <laughs> I just realized, well, I'm looking at words and they were all different sizes. Oh, there they are. They've done them on the same page. There's this devil inside me, this insidious creep. She lingers there for the taste of her brew. It's a drug or a drink that she wants in her life and doesn't care about the things it will do. She'll take all your life and wrinkle it up, twisting and turning you into a state of denial that she will ruin your life and those that you touch for your lifetime, not just for a while. 
you'll tell her to leave at your strongest of voice and you'll seek help just to drive her away. But this devil inside you, this insidious creep, drives a wedge in your soul just to stay. Her powers can grip at the strongest of souls, crosses no lines in the breeding of life. You can be short or tall with a brain in your head and this devil still comes with her bite. She will help you to lie, to cheat, and to hurt and make you believe that all is okay. She'll distance you from your family and friends and makes you feel better with each drink in your day. She convinced you that this world really sucks and that all others don't get who you are. She'll entice you to drink, to deceive and to cheat. She'll wedge your convictions and drive them afar. But the good news is when you open your eyes, there are many alike with this creep and they meet in the open with God as their guide and they talk about her when they meet. It's not all about God and that power in you. It's all the friendships and beliefs that are strong. When you have a good week or one with a twist, nobody yells out, oh my God, you did wrong. There's a place you can go to help all stay on track, to help you guide you through each tedious day. And if relapse takes place, when you try your old choice, you're welcome to come back and to stay. And we can beat this old monster in the century she's lived, and we can fight in ourselves with God's might, but we tackle this beast just one day at a time and gain strength, strength as we sleep through the night. So there's a new day of brewing, each dawn that we breathe, and his brightness is deep in our sight. With the friendship of others and God in our heart, one day at a time, we can all hold hands and fight. So don't try it alone to kill this old creep, but instead use the forces you can. Recovery is a victory when a group helps you live, and as a group, we'll help you understand. There's this devil inside me, this insidious creep, and she thinks she can have me forever. Though her temptation still pulls at my heart as we talk, I can beat her one day at a time forever. So pass this note on to the people you know who could reap what you sow in your life. For the gift that we give to beat this old foe is the gift of our group and its might. There's a devil inside me, this insidious creep that I slay with the power of others. So attend all you can with the desire to live and reach out to invite all your brothers. She'll take all your life and she'll wrinkle it up, twisting and turning you into a state of denial. She'll ruin your life and those that you touch for your lifetime, not just for a while. <laughs> oh, that was awesome. Oh, thank you so much. It's a, you know what? It's a, it's been a passion of mine to educate and to teach. And when I try to put words, as I'm sure you do, as you write poetry, is that you, you can reach a deeper feeling with a shorter amount of words with a more rhythmic uh, chorus that goes with it, like a lyric in a song. And you're able to move the emotions of the heart with some simple words that can rhyme. And people feel it as being deep inside them as something that they can change or work with or help them. And there's a power of writing that way. I think that poets, I think we're underrated. Poetry books don't sell as well as others. I think people look at us as poets and say, it's hard to understand us sometimes. But I think if they just read the words and take a look at their flow, there's, there's a rhythm in there that will go into their hearts and go into their brains and help them. And each poem I wrote in this first book, uh, Self, Self-Inflicted Death Sentence, were 37 poems over 37 weeks. Let me tell you how my book came apart. I think it's real interesting. I'll make it quick. 
is when I went to recovery, um, I was assigned to a VA group for six weeks. These were uh, vets that had PTSD, alcohol addiction, drug addiction, court-ordered responsibility. And I sat in there as this little farm kid at 60 years old going, what the heck am I doing with this group? I told them I'd quit, but they said, you have to go. And as I listened to the group, they weren't too responsive uh, with a lot of questions. They didn't talk a lot. And I thought maybe I could participate because I have an artistic side. So I asked the counselor there if I could write a poem and share it with the group and see what would happen. So I wrote the first one and uh, we shared it. And guys talked for the first time in two years. I hit a nerve. They thought I was talking about them, not me, but them. Um, and I was asked to write again. So the next week I did another poem. And over the six week course, I wrote five poems because the first week I didn't write one. And I told the, the counselor, I said, it's time for me to go, I'm done, give me my certificate. And he says, well, Art, I can give you a certificate, but you can't leave. <laughs> and I said, well, I said, what do you mean I can't leave? And he said, well, you know, one of the things that we do as alcoholics is we have to give back of our time. And you're gonna be giving your time back to me every week on Thursday night, six o'clock, like you have been, because I need for you to help this group. So I stayed for a total of 37 weeks with a requirement of only six and wrote these 37 poems that were published back in 2011. And I've been honored that the book has been used in academia, it's been used in groups, it's, it's been used in lots of discussions. Um, and I didn't write again until the pandemic hit. And a lot of people, um, friends of mine were calling me for help. And they looked at me only because I'd written a book, not because I, was, I had a degree in human psychology or alcohol addiction or wasn't a, I wasn't assigned to any task to help them. They asked me because they was a friend and they liked what I wrote. Um, so I decided to write my second book, which is called Free Booze Canceled. And I used a movie screen, movie, well, here, I'll show you a picture. I have a um, picture of a movie uh, marquee on it. It says free booze and the word cancel is slapped across it because everything during the pandemic was canceled. And uh, I, I wrote this book with the inspiration of 10 poems, one for each year of sobriety. And at the end of each poem are three questions that you have to ask yourself when you finish the poem or you ask a group on what you got out of this poem, how would you would use this material to move yourself forward, how you would share it with other people. And it was to drive people to think about and discuss what I had written about long-term sobriety, about how time is so important, uh, the value of, of giving back. I wrote a poem called Giving Back Like a Boy Scout because I'm an ex-Boy Scout. One of the most popular poems I'm also asked to read now, maybe I'll share it if we have time. And it's all about giving back. Um, and during that pandemic, I, I knew that there was another role I had to play. And interesting enough, the book has, uh, has, uh, has gone in the direction that um, I hoped it would. Um, I didn't write it for money. So I put it on Amazon and Kindle Books. You know, they're inexpensive. Um, they're less than five bucks. Um, I'm going to create an audio book soon and uh, donate it back with basically not much of a charge to get a hold of an audio as well, because I think as I read them, I think people can, can hear my conviction of the words that I wrote as well. And I think that adds, adds to poetry. Absolutely. And um, speaking as someone who writes poetry too, um, <laughs> it took me a long time to actually be, to share my love of poetry with everyone. I just, cause it's so different from my personality that I didn't think it was worth expressing, but I, soon um came to the realization that it was a gift bestowed upon me it was a blessing so I shouldn't hide it regardless of what people think so um I ended up doing spoken word videos and 
not just reading it, but actually speaking it. And people resonated with um, what I had to say. And um, of course, <laughs> I inevitably led to launching this podcast. After all, it's called Words of Art. So <laughs> <laughs> I have a gift with words, but um, there's definitely a lot more emotional magnitude when you actually profess your words as opposed to just typing them and sharing them online there's like a really deep emotional connection when you speak the words that and testify to them so oh I believe 100% I think that that um how how we write how we perceive and how we speak can drive the most human of of powerful points at home almost better than anything that you can do. I think a lot of music can be distracting because it has so much behind it. But I think a lot of poetry has the depth. And if we can reach to your open ears, we can get to an open mind and heart and we can change how you think and how you might change yourself. Absolutely. So considering the pandemic and how it's traumatically affected everyone, and I'm sure um, many people who are struggling with addiction um, because everything was canceled, as you emphasized in your book, and was limited. Do you think, um, what advice, or do you think there was a shift in perhaps people struggling with their addictions, considering everything was so limited and isolated, and they have, they're like forced to be in their homes, and one single environment where they have access to technology or alcohol, or have to buy things that might involve alcohol? Do you think um, recover, people in recovery or addicts in general had trouble dealing with this pandemic? Oh, 100%. Statistically, we know that addiction from all sources went up dramatically during the pandemic. Um, it was interesting when a uh, necessary business to remain open was an alcohol store. I found that to be intriguing that states allowed alcohol to be available as a uh, kind of like any other service that was considered a premium service and that they were open in, in most states and alcohol was readily available so people could mask up, get out and buy booze. Um, the second part is I think when people are home and they're alone and they're social people in bars, if they had a drinking problem and had quit or if they just had a drinking problem and hadn't got to that point, to be alone in a room with nobody around you with a limited number of access to people you might be able to talk to and certainly no one you could see in person. I think alcohol became a choice of a, a painkiller for a lot of people and addiction went up that way as, as well. When I was challenged with my friends is I didn't really have an answer on what the best thing to do um, overall other than to stay the course and I would share them with words that I would write, was writing about the value of time and to work on projects online that you can give back to, to realize that your shadows follows you even if you're in your own house. So your shadow sees everything. So if you slip away and you think you're gonna get away with it, your heart and mind may convince you you're doing okay, but your shadow will let you know that you haven't got away with anything, that it follows you to every step that you take. So the poems that I wrote um, all are about how you can sustain yourself during a pandemic and not drink. And that there's hope at the end of the pandemic and there's hope for you to be able to, to stay the course without having to, to go out and buy more. And a lot of my friends uh, were thankful that we talked. I had a few that drank again. 
I had a couple who died who get ox, uh, alcohol toxicity because they hadn't had it for a while and then they binge drink. And uh, you've probably heard the stories, but that's not healthy for, for anybody as well. So uh, the pandemic was a, 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 an event of, a, of our lifetimes, probably a one-time event. A lot of education and what happened. And I think even as people who teach alcohol addiction, I think there was a lot for them to learn during this pandemic that maybe we hadn't thought about teaching before because loneliness and isolation can cause a lot of people to do things they wouldn't have done if we hadn't had that event. And I don't know that we were so prepared for it. There's an old surfer, I'm a surfer, there's an old surfer saying is that um, uh, never fear the fact that you're going to uh, catch a rough wave, fear the fact that you don't know how to ride it. Uh, teaching yourself how to ride anything that's rough makes everything so smooth. Teaching yourself to think it's always smooth makes everything rough. Awesome analogy. And I completely can understand that because I've certainly had some rough waves in my life. Um, my the club. <laughs> never been easy. Um, just to give you a little insight, since you were so transparent with me. Um, well, I'll just start with in regards to the pandemic in correlation to our conversation. I actually got diagnosed with diabetes at the start of the pandemic in 2020. Oh my goodness. Are you okay? Yeah, I'm, I'm great. I'm okay. great. Um, thanks for asking. Um, that certainly wasn't something of particular chapter or rough wave that I was anticipating, especially when in 2020, the pandemic inevitably got really worse and continues to get worse, unfortunately. So being diagnosed with anything when there was no vaccine yet at the time was absolutely terrifying. But I saw my circumstance as a blessing. Um, I think if the pandemic hadn't occurred, there's many aspects to this pandemic. Some people see the positive aspect and people see the negative. It's affected everyone, regardless of how you look at it. It has affected everyone. In my case, if I hadn't been diagnosed with diabetes in 2020, which just so happened when this pandemic really fully occurred, um, I could have died. Um, Definitely, yeah. So um, that's the sad reality of my um, perspective. So I can't hate 2020 because, hey, I'm still here. I still have a chance to live my life and God's given my life more purpose through my diagnosis. And you look good. Yes, <laughs> I look good. <laughs> um, but since everything was inevitably shut down and closed, um, I had a lot more time to adapt and acclimate to this new particular change of my life, probably a lot easier and better um, than I would have in a normal life setting. Um, I did um, take a break from school when I got this particular news before everything got shut down, so I had social distance before that was even a thing I like to make the joke that I kind of started that trend because I <laughs> you were the you were the, you were the leader <laughs> yes <laughs> but um either way um the point of the matter is I had a lot of time of reflection and trying to understand this new phase of my life and um on a poetic level since you're a poet I probably wrote the most emotional pieces of poetry ever because of all this availability and exploring other interests which also inevitably led to the launching of this podcast which since you mentioned anniversaries um it would be a year ago on monday 
since I've launched this. Well, congratulations. Yeah, very, very, very good. Yeah, congratulations on that. Thank you. So, yeah. um, well, you know, this pandemic, just before the pandemic, I was at the Dallas airport. I'd been giving some speeches in Dallas and I came in, there was a whole bunch of Boy Scouts in uniform going on a jamboree and they were with their Scoutmaster. So I walked up and just said, thank you guys for your service. And they're all about 14 to 16, 17 year old kids. And one of the kids pipes up as smart teenagers do like I was <laughs> and said, we're not in the service. And I said, yes, you are. I said, you're in the service of leadership. You are doing things today that very few men take the time to learn so that you can inspire the world tomorrow. Boy Scouts, once a scout, always a scout. The same kid looks at me, he said, were you ever a Boy Scout? I said, as a matter of fact, I was. I was an Eagle Scout in order of the arrow, once a scout, always a scout. And he said, prove it. And I immediately looked, and I hadn't said this in probably 50 years. I said, a scout is trustworthy, loyal, helpful, friendly, courteous, kind, obedient, cheerful, thrifty, brave, clean, and reverent. And that kid's mouth dropped, along with all the other kids, along with the scoutmasters, dropped and thought, where did this guy come from? I said, well, I've got a flight to catch. You guys have a safe flight, have a fun jamboree. And I started to my flight and the scoutmaster came up and said, no matter what these kids learn in this jamboree, you've just taught them something they will never forget. And we'll remind them on the flight how significant it was what you said to them, so thank you. So when I got on that plane, I wrote a poem called Giving Back Like a Boy Scout because I realized as a drinker, I had given up trustworthy, loyal, helpful, family, courteous, kind, obedient, cheerful, thrifty, brave, clean, and reverent. All those things go out the window when you drink and you go through all the hassles that all of us alcoholics do. So when I wrote this poem, I thought back of my days as a scout and having those and having lost them, and then how could I gain them back as an alcoholic? Um, and I, I thought it was interesting that when the pandemic opened up my mind about so many things, I started looking back at life as a youth, younger, and all the promises that I had. And I have flown the world. I've been all over the world. I've seen so many wonderful things. I've made lots of money and I've lost lots of money. But I always had lost part of myself in my drinking. So I, I was always traveling through this world with a beautiful vision, but wasn't listening or seeing what I was looking at. And being sober now for 11 years today, yeah. um, hey, um, I see the world totally different. And I'm going to spend till the day I die, I will spend helping people, sharing poetry, reading poetry for people, appearing on podcasts, and trying to inspire people to realize that there is so much more after an alcoholic quits. It's not the end of your life, it's the beginning of your life. Because it, it, I'll define uh, addiction and recovery. Addiction is giving up everything for one thing. And recovery is giving up one thing to get everything back. It's that simple. And when you realize that's what you get back and the promises that come back into your heart, it's hard because your family doesn't trust you. They don't believe you really quit. Your kids don't trust you. Trust me, I went through all of that, but you can gain it back. And when you do, the world is a whole different set of roses and flowers rather than thorns and brittle grass and dirt that you were going through as an alcoholic chasing bars down rather than chasing hope and offering it to other people. Absolutely. I'm loving this conversation so much. Uh, but I would like to get to our icebreaker question in our icebreaker game. Okay. Um, so if you had to come up with, oh, you're, I feel like you're going to be really good at this question. <laughs> Probably not. Remember, I am a farm kid from the Midwest, so you know I, I take it a little different. Uh, my thinking. So, I'll just start with the icebreaker question, and then we can get to the icebreaker game. Then. Okay. 
Um, if you had to come up with a chapter or a title for where your life is at right now, what would it be? Uh, that title would be um, Astonishing, Wonderful, Still Giving Hope for Tomorrow. So ast Astonishing, Wonderful, Astonishing Still wonderful. Giving Hope for Tomorrow. Still giving hope for tomorrow. That's like a, that's like a full mouthful. Any idea? But you said a title for a chapter. I could write about that in a chapter in poetry. I could write it really well. <laughs> that's true. That's true. That's true. Um, okay. Um, well, I guess this will be the part where I share my title, but I sort of already shared it with you. But hey. Um, I've undergone a lot in my life, um, health-wise, um, being diabetic in this pandemic, though very shocking and not the best of news for my family because of my lifespan and all the health conditions I had to endure. Um, so, but you're doing okay right now, right? Yes, I'm doing good right now. Okay. I'm healthy, I'm alive. I've been diabetic for two years, which is the span of this pandemic. So everything is good and I'm still breathing. So I'm really fortunate for that. Um, so considering every experience or obstacle I've had to endure, um, basically my chapter or title for life really inevitably started um, when I got my diagnosis. Um, and that's basically God calling me to be a warrior for change. Um, well, that's a good title right there, Warrior for Change. Thank you. <laughs> um, it's like this, I've, it was rested on my, it, went, it was laid upon my heart. And I just wasn't sure how God wanted me to do that, be more vocal. And that inevitably led to me launching this podcast, which I'm going to say it for the 50th time probably I can't believe it launched a year ago it's been such an awesome year and you're a part of it so that makes it all I am so great. and I'm thankful and almost on your anniversary day that makes me <laughs> even happier and my anniversary day so yeah you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna share something with you that I think I hope will inspire you it's okay. not meant to do anything other than that sure is um I almost didn't make this podcast on Monday morning. One of the hazards of alcohol addiction is things come back. On Monday morning, I woke up throwing up blood, it's internal bleeding. So I was in the hospital in intensive care and got out Friday. Um, and I am blessed that um, I, I'm, I'm here. And every day um, is, is what we decide to make it. It's not what someone else decides. The fate of our life is in, a, in the hands of something much greater than us. So I want you to always remember that no, what I'm trying to make my point is, is that no matter how tough that tomorrow may bring for you, the day after that can be so much brighter based on how you face it. And keeping that positive attitude that you have, that inspiration that you're sharing your heart, that's what's kept me around for the last 11 years when I bled out in the hospital 10, almost 11 years ago. I, I'm, I'm inspired by my tomorrows, by what I say and do today. It's the motto of one of my companies. Um, I know that everything that I can do to help or satisfy tomorrow before it gets here, when I wake up in the morning, it's already starting off on the right track. And then I get to build for the next day. And everybody can have a good tomorrow if they just get out of the past, live for today, make 
today the most valuable time and do good things so tomorrow shows up better. Ooh, absolutely. Uh, I almost don't want to get to our icebreaker game, but. Um. Okay. <laughs> you can do whatever. It's your show. You get to do what you want. <laughs> uh, but I want to get to it. So uh, let me make sure I have it up. All right. So the icebreaker game, which I feel like you're going to have fun with it. Everyone does. And okay. considering you're a poet, I feel like you can reach the far reaches of your mind when it comes to this game. Um, the game is called Song Association. And basically how the game works is I give you a word and you can either say it, sing it, rap it. You don't have to be an avid singer. So no worries on that front. But um, I give you the word and you either have to say it in a, a song title pertaining to that word or in the lyrics. So um, okay. that's how I'm the ready. <laughs> <laughs> that's how the game works. But, don't, but if it's any bigger word than three or four letters, I could be in trouble, you know. So. <laughs> I'm sure you <laughs> oh, you're, look, you've got your phone to help you out. Well, that's, I have to, <laughs> I have to, this is how I give you the words. Oh, okay. <laughs> and I, the thing about this, though, is time is not a luxury. So that's really why I'm looking at my phone. So I can set a timer. Because you have oh, 15 it. seconds. No way. Reach the far regions of your mind based off of the word I give you to either say it with the song title or in the lyrics. But it can be any song title I want to make up with that word. Well, you can't make up a song. Can I make up a song title or have to know the real title? You'll have to know the real title. Oh, we're in trouble. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I thought I could I thought I could just make my own lyrics. I was going to do po poetry for you. Just make them up. Well, <laughs> I'll have to revamp this game then later on. But because all right, I let's try it. it. So I feel like you're going to be fine with this, though. So the I am. Oh, word, I am. I'm ready. The first word is heart. Um, my lonely heart. It's a country western song. Okay. See, was that so bad? <laughs> oh, it wasn't. <laughs> and the next word is going to be even easier. So the next word is words. Word? Mm -hmm. Or words. Oh, words. Um, uh, that's a good one. Words. <laughs> Um, uh, time is up. I heard the chip. <laughs> this is such a fun game. And I, it love is. I just, I grew on words and I just stayed on it and that was it. So do I get a hint what it was? Well, well, you, <laughs> well, I can give you the answer that some of the guests have went with in the past episodes. Um, they went with the song more than words by the band extreme. I don't even know who they are, who they are so I'm in oh. trouble. <laughs> Do you have anything from the 60s I could work with? <laughs> I'm just kidding. I, I, if I lived the 60s the way I should have, I wouldn't remember anything anyway. So, <laughs> But um, yeah, you could have went with that one. And you thought I was going to be a boring poet. See? <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, this is so much fun. So the last one, um, I feel like you can do it. I feel like there's a okay. song from the city. I'm listening. Has this word. The last word is maybe I should be funny and change it. Nah, I'll be nice. <laughs> ah, now I can't find my timer. Okay. All right. The last word is change. Change, change, change. That's actually, a, that's actually words of a song. Okay. Change, change, change. Yeah. Do you know the artist? I believe you. Um, I'm going to guess it might have been Johnny Cash. It might have been. Oh, I just figured oh, the melody just appeared in my head. <laughs> I don't think it's a Johnny Cash song, though. I don't remember who the artist is. me crazy now. I, I know. I, I'm like. It's or maybe that was chain, chain, chains. Uh, who knows? I was close, though. <laughs> I told you it's a big word. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's not like a complicated word. I mean, the, some of the words I've used um, in previous episodes, I used mental. Nobody can come up with a song for mental. Um, there was hope, a really simple word. Yeah, no one can come up with a song for that. <laughs> So. Yeah, it's almost like poetry. If it doesn't come into a like a, a, a little bit of a help with a sentence it's, or a lyric, it's hard to, if you gave me a lyric from a song, it might be easier. You know, if you said, here's a lyric, uh, like, uh, my baby does the hanky panky from the 60s, then maybe I could come up with the title of that one. Or, see? <laughs> hey, I'm just, I'm trying to survive your show and see if I can win anything. So did I win something? <laughs> <laughs> You won the joy of being on here and enjoying the game. And it was a pleasure, I, I promise you. And happy anniversary again. Thank you. That you're means welcome. so much. And since I love that you're a poet, could you please share your Boy Scout poem with my audience before sure. you wrap up here? I will. Um, I think this is an important poem because it's all about giving. So no matter where you are in your life, you can give. It's just called giving back uh, like a Boy Scout. I look back now at my newfound role as a sober member among my friends, where if they drink, it doesn't bother me. I've apologized and completed all my amends. I realized too, I was not alone in this venture to stop my drinking. It was a higher power and my AA group that helped me to change my stinking thinking. So as I sobered up, I recalled my past as a Boy Scout in my small town, where my grandfather was an executive scout and made me toe the line to not fall down. The oath we took as a scout those days had 12 laws that we had to make, and to live by them was so simple then, but in adult life, I learned to fake. A scout is trustworthy, loyal, and helpful. He is friendly, courteous, and kind. He's obedient, cheerful, and thrifty, brave and clean reverent all the time. Well, these laws define my character and now I'm sober, I want them back. But to live these laws, I need to give, to be charitable, to help at last. So let's talk about just giving back and some things that you can do to share your purpose and your newfound heart with others, not just you. You can volunteer at a VA hospital to help the sick, the lost, the dying, you can drive them, hug them, or just talk with them instead of your days of booze and lying. 
You can help a stranger who needs a hand to buy groceries and carry them home. You can pull some weeds or cut the grass for an elder person who still lives alone. You can volunteer at a community event to hand out tickets or to help them seat. You can help others pick up trash and junk that lay around on your city streets. You can volunteer for a youth group's cause or to talk your sobriety story out loud. You can help a church raise some needed funds. You can volunteer for It's Allowed. There are a hundred more things that you can do if you understand this important fact that being sober now from your addiction past is a gift that now you can give back. Instead of wasting days with an empty plate where your mind can quickly disappear, where your thoughts are full of empty dreams that you missed for all those years, you can grab some plus signs by your door and turn your day into something bright. You can Google things to help others out fill your days with goodness and delight. You can make a calendar and fill it up with positive things to do each day. You can give your time at a steady pace and still have lots of time to play. You can be trustworthy for the things you do and say. You can be loyal to yourself. You can be helpful to the folks out there and be friendly when you help. You can be courteous to everyone you meet and be kind even if you disagree. You can be obedient to the time you have and be cheerful in what you see. You can be thrifty with your time each day and be brave as you tackle empty hours. You can stay clean and sober with every day and be reverent to your higher power. You can give back and it's not that hard. You put your mind and heart to task. You not only help yourself but others too to keep giving is fulfilling and at last. The scout is trusted with the Lord help, helpful. He is friendly, courteous, and kind. He's obedient, cheerful, and thrifty, brave, and clean, reverent all the time. <laughs> you I'm like sorry. poetry. <laughs> I love, because I love poetry. I absolutely love it. And I'm so yeah, me grateful yeah. that you shared your poetry on my podcast this evening. And we can talk poetry all night long, because trust me, we really could, because I've yeah. written like a gazillion, which I'll <laughs> discuss afterwards. <laughs> but we're at the end of this awesome conversation, unfortunately. Um, do you have any social media links where people can find your book? Um, I do. I am on everything, but um, all of my books are on uh, Amazon or Kindle. You can find them just under my name, Art Wedmore, if you Google that. But you can also go to my webpage, which has everything that I do volunteer-wise and socially uh, that involves reading my poetry. And that is www.artwedmore.com. So if you can remember my name, Art Wedmore, you can find me. That's pretty easy. Awesome. Thank you for joining me, Art. This was a wonderful, wonderful conversation. And it truly resonated with me. And I'm sure it resonated with my audience as well. Thank you so much for having me. And you have a blessed day. And again, happy anniversary. Your Thank show is wonderful. So keep the good work up. Thank you. Um, to all my listeners, thank you for tuning in to the latest episode of the Words of Heart podcast. I am your host, Dion Sanchez. Thank you again for joining me, Art Wedmore. If you enjoyed this episode or want to share your thoughts or feedback as to how this episode has resonated with you, you can do so on the following platforms. You can find us at the Words of Heart podcast on Facebook 
or YouTube under the same name. And anywhere you listen to your podcast, Spotify, Google, Amazon, you can listen to it on the moon if you want. However <laughs> you choose to send in your thoughts, please do share, retreat, subscribe. Either way, um, don't hesitate to let me know how you resonated with this episode. Stay healthy, stay safe. Um, know that your heart and your voice matters and don't be afraid to speak up. So uh, once again, stay healthy, stay safe. And until next time. Bye. Bye. <laughs>